Shalom, welcome to a solo exclusive Tour to Basora podcast. Due to inclement weather, Tour to Basora was canceled this week. But, you know, Baruch Hashem, I want to also mention that uh, as of this podcast, it is Mem Ba'omer, which is the 40th day of the Omer. Which, if you are a Lapidnik, this is a very, very significant day because this was the day that Mashiach ascended and we are awaiting his return. So may that be speedily and soon in our days, as he told us that we will not see his face again until we say Baruch Abba B'Shem Adonai. So let's say it. Baruch Abba B'Shem Adonai. That Hashem has allowed us to grant or get to this time. And um, so as a solo tonight, uh, we're going to be keeping with the regular uh, Seder of the TTB format. And uh, Bezrat Hashem, I will channel all powers of the Avengers that show up to this class. And uh, we'll have some fun. So, Brig Hashem. Uh, tonight we're in the fifth Aliyah in Vayikra 27 verses 16 through 21. Our Basor portion this week, Matit Yahu chapter 16 verses 20 through 28. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher bakarbanu mikol hamim, Venatan lanu et torato, Baruch atah Adonai, Noten haTorah. Amen. Amen. So, already starting off with some technical difficulties over here. I don't know what the dealio is, but, you know, Brukashim. All right, technical difficulties now ended. All right. Hashem answers prayer real quick, don't he? All right, so, the fifth reading. And if a man consecrates... Oh, by the way, I forgot. Slika so much. Uh, we are in Parsha Bechukotai this week. In Eretz Israel, they're in Parsha Bamibar. And let me just say, I've taken quite a bit of a sneak peek in Bami Bar. Bezwar Deshem will be doing more. It's Boomy Bar. That's what it is. It's boom. Like, what in the world? Like, amazing. So, but back to Behuko Oh My. Okay. So, Behuko Oh My or Behuko Mui Tai. Behuko Tai. All right. Anyway, you can tell I like martial arts. But without further ado, the fifth reading of Parashabekukotai to finish out Sefer Vayikra. So TTB, Toda for being with me for Sefer Vayikra and looking forward to Sefer Bami Bar or Boomid Bar. Now, as we say, boom with it. Okay, so here we go. Fifth reading. And if a man consecrates some of the field of his inherited property to Adonai, the valuation shall be according to its sowing. An area which requires a chomer. And yes, it is chomer. Like the same letters as chamor, which is donkey. Which is chomer is materiality. Not to be confused with omer, okay? Which is ayin. But this is chet. Okay. So an area which requires a chomer of barley seeds at 50 silver shekels or 50 
pieces of silver, shall we say. But anyway, now if he consecrates his field when the Yovel has ended, it shall remain at its full valuation. But if he consecrates his field after the Yovel, the Kohen shall calculate the money for him according to the remaining years until the next Yovel year. And it shall be deducted from the valuation if the one who consecrated it redeems the fill, he shall add to it a fifth of the valuation money and it shall be his. But if he does not redeem the fill and if he has sold the fill to someone else, it may no longer be redeemed. But when the field leaves in the Yovel, it shall be holy to Adonai like a field devoted Kesade ha cherem. It's a part of the cherem of Hashem now, which is Hashem's uh, treasury. So it goes on to say, his inherited property shall belong to the Kohen. Okay, so when the field leaves in the Yovel, it shall be holy to Adonai like a field devoted. His inherited property shall belong to the Kohen. Amen. End of fifth Aliyah. All right. Hopping over to the Besora Hageula, the good news of redemption, or shall we say the redeeming flesh? Because, you know, Besora is Basar, which is flesh, and Geula is redemption. So the redemption of flesh is the Besora Hageula. Just want to point that out. Or Besora Hageula. Emphasis on Hageula being the indicator for the Basora or the Basar, which means the redeemed flesh. Because, you know, we say like chair blue in Hebrew, you know, so like the way you say chair and then you add the word blue, you know. So just a little Spanish Hebrew drop there for us. All right. Anyway, so on to Matityahu. Again, that is Matityahu chapter 16. Verses 20 through 28. So Matthew 16, 20 through 28. Oh, look at that. It's about the resurrection. Or death and resurrection, shall we say. Which, by the way, uh, quick tag back to the uh, Haftarah get you some. One of the keys to divinity, or one of the five divine keys, or actually there are seven. One of the seven divine keys is knowing the day of your death. So if you know the day of your death and six other things, you are divine. One of them was uh, knowing the thoughts of others. And um, yeah, there there's way more stuff. But anyway, that's on the Hofter podcast for Parsha Bekukotai 5779. And yeah, that's all I want to say about that because it's all on that podcast. This is TTB podcast. Okay. So starting in verse 20, my Titiahu chapter 16, because I've talked so much, you probably forgot. Okay. Then he ordered the Talmudim not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Okay. Normally I don't interrupt, but apparently this is an interruption podcast. I've interrupted the fifth aliyah, and now I'm interrupting the basura portion. What is wrong? Uh, Shomer man, get it together. Okay, so real quick, this is important. 
because if you've ever wondered where in the world did Messiah ever say he was the Mashiach, here it is. So how do we know we got the right guy other than he's really hitting it, knocking it out of the park, out of the universe, out of the cosmos, literally outside of creation, inside of creation, back outside, just to come back in and be like, how you doing? Uh, Mashiach. It's right here. Matityahu 1620. What is it? Matityahu 1620, 2020. It's the proof. So the proof is in the proverbial pudding with a kosher mark on it. Because you got to eat kosher pudding. And Mashiach is telling his Talmudin, don't tell anybody on the Mashiach. Okay, what? Because last time I checked, pulling up my sleeve, looking at my wristwatch that is not there. Or my Apple watch that is not there. But uh, yeah, this one time we were telling people Yeshua is the Mashiach. But... Right here, he's saying, don't tell anyone. Obviously, there's a time stamp on this because it's not time yet. When it is time, tell everybody I'm a Shiach. But right now, it's not time. Don't tell anybody I'm a Shiach. Underscore, side note, highlight, huge uh, Naomi uh, book tab, bookmark. Uh, Captain Israel over the top bookmark tab system. Yeshua is the Mashiach and he's admitting to it pretty adamantly right here. What was that? Matthew 16, 20. Matthew 16, 20. Can I hear Matthew 16, 20 where Mashiach is like, yes, I'm Mashiach, but don't tell anybody because it's not time. But when it is time, you can tell everybody. Like, tell the whole world. Okay. I just want to point that out there, because, I mean, why am I taking time for this? I'm taking time for this because it's really important. Because being a part of Lapid, so many times, there's always this, like, little voice that wants to come around. How are you sure? Yeshua's the Mashiach. I mean, I know y'all got a lot of sources. Y'all got, got sources for days. Y'all got so many sources you can like sleep and wake up and your alarm has a source on it. Like as you're saying Modeani, you're dropping a source about this is your Yeshua, this is Mashiach. But I need to know where is it written that Yeshua is the Messiah and did he ever confess about it? And if you're a person who walks around sometimes without sources because you forgot your phone or you forgot your books or you're somewhere not even thinking about sourcing out anything. And a little ninny mugging comes up to you and is like, what's your source? And you're like, I, 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 I know that Hashem and Yeshua are one, but I can't think of it right now. And um, Yeshua is the Mashiach and I know he is and da, 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 he's in my heart, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, breathe. Matthew 16, 20. Oh, yeah. Now you start there. You just open up the door. You just open up a can of get you some. Yeah, that's right. Open up a can and get you some. But anyway, seriously, because you get questioned like at the most random times. You know, now I can completely understand why it is written. Be prepared with the answer for the faith that you have in and out of season. Yes, I mixed up a bunch of verses right there, but it's cool because they're all. 
their sources, their oral, their oral sources that have been written down, just like the oral Torah. It was once oral, now it's written down. But anyway, um, that's important that we are ready for whatever questions. So more about that after I stop interrupting the Basora reading and get back to Matthew 16, 20 and going on to the rest of this Basora portion for Parsha Behukotai. All right, ready? All right, so Matthew 16, 20. What was that, Matthew 16, 20? I was doing Matthew 16, 20 because it's talking about Mashiach is, you know, saying he's a Mashiach, but don't tell anybody because it's not time. Okay, but anyway... But maybe at 1620, it'll be time to tell people Yeshua is Mashiach because he's completely admitting that he's Mashiach. Matthew 1620. Then he ordered the Talmudim not to tell anyone that he was the Mashiach. Good night. Matthew 1620 is the business. Okay, Matthew 1621. From that time on, Yeshua began to show his Talmudim that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and ruling Kohanim and Torah scholars and be killed and be raised on the third day. Matthew 16, 22. Kepha took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Never, master, never, Rabboni. This must never happen to you. Matthew 16, 23. But he turned and said to Kepha, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of men. Then Yeshua said to his Talmudim, if anyone wants to follow after me, he must deny himself Take up his stake and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the man for the son of man for Ben Adam Ben Adam is about to come into the glory of his father with Malachim and then he will repay everyone according to his deeds amen i tell you there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. That's the end of Matthew 16, 20 through 28 for the Basora portion, Parshavik Kukotai. Again, Matthew 16, 20, Mashiach is admitting that he's Mashiach. And boy, with the rest of these verses, he just completely just like steamrolls. Like, okay, and some. Okay, Brugashem. So now, this is when I usually open the floor for tags and all sorts of insights and commentaries. So since I don't really have a floor to open, but a lot of sources to open, now it's that time. So first of all, 
I want to just stay here. I want to stay in this Basora portion for a second because, you know, it's the 40th day of the Omer. It's a wonderful and exciting and amazing day. And, uh, you know, the Sephira that we just counted, man, like, okay, so this is what we got. So we got Hod Sheb Yesod, right? And it's all about working lessons, you know? And according to the Omer Count app, here's the meditation. It says, if all the world is a classroom and all of life is a lesson. Okay, let that soak in. Okay, we're in a classroom. Okay, the world is the classroom and life is the lesson. Okay, so that means this this life that we have, however long it is, because we don't know the day or the hour that our life is over. It's all a lesson. That that's just a selah right there. Because, you know, so many of us, we go through life. Life is tough. Life is hard. Life is exciting. Life is amazing. Life, you can't get enough of it. Hashem, I don't want to die to, oh my gosh, if another bad thing happens, Hashem, please take me out now. Like, you're done, right? But this is a lesson. And I remember when I was in school, whoa. Man, school. I'm so glad I graduated. But man, I'm telling you, some of those lessons, you're like, oh my gosh. But listen, life is a whole lesson. It's one lesson. <laughs> and it's like, how many years we got? Because this is a really long lesson. And, and by the way, the world is the classroom. So there's a lot more to what's in existence than our little life lesson here. Literally, a life lesson. So, first of all, that should give a lot of us hope. Bezrat Hashem, it does, because here's the deal. We are beyond time and space when it comes down to it. Whether we like it or not, once we die, something is going to happen. So, what do we want it to be? Do we want it to be of finally attaching to the the one true God that we've been seeking and straining and pressing towards our whole life? Or are we going to be like, you know what? Uh, Hashem, I suppressed you and I didn't cleave and attach myself to your Torah. Wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. But, you know, uh, I guess I'm here now. Uh, what? Well, and it's just kind of like, well to get him for you to uh some judgment time some correction time time to wash your soul because you just let it get all filthy and dirty and you didn't care about it at least you uh didn't live that you cared about it you may have voiced that you did you may have thought that you did but you didn't and that's high stakes i don't know about y'all but that's really really high stakes and, uh, you know, I'd rather just cleave and attach myself to a shim and whatever he says, well, let's just go with that. Because, you know, that time when you're in the temple of doom and someone goes, hey, psst, over here, you want to get out of this death trap? I'm going to go ahead and listen to that. Because especially if it's a trustworthy voice and not just some kind of fleeing little deceptive image. But uh, yes, I just watched the Aladdin movie, so uh, I will probably have some fresh drops in my mind on that. Brugashim, uh, it was actually uh, very knowledgeable because, you know, when it comes to magic and when it comes to sorcery, we're so drawn to it because we feel powerful. And at the end of the day, 
feeling all that power leaves us empty like a RR tree. And again, the RR tree is brought up in the Haftarah, get you some for Parashat Kukotai. So there are all sorts of shameless plugs going on right now. And uh, Matthew 16, 20, some about Mashiach, Sanhing Mashiach, you know. But anyway, um, magic, sorcery, it's our, our tree. It, you know, we think we are powerful. And then it's like, nope, you're more a slave than you thought you were before. You literally manifest Matthew 16, 26. For what will it profit a man that he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? So what if you get the whole classroom? If we're going to stick to our own meditation here with a whole bunch of swerves. Because remember, life is the classroom or sleek eye. The world is the classroom and your life is the lesson. It's like, OK, so if you trade in your lesson for the classroom because you think, oh, yeah, this is it. This, I need the classroom. I don't want the lesson because if I can just get past the lesson and or not even have to do the lesson and just have the classroom, then I'm great. The problem is you fail your grade. You don't graduate, you don't pass, you don't get to, you know, grow up and, and, and do amazing things. I'll tell you, um, beyond school, life is like literally you can go for it. You can like rocket ship this thing. It's amazing. You're not tied down to having to do homework. I mean, you do have homework, but it's a different kind of homework. And this homework is just kind of like level to level to level amazing it's good just trust me graduate and you'll find out but anyway so if you traded in your life lesson for the world the classroom and it's just kind of like okay so you did that but you didn't learn the lesson see life is is so empty there's nothing left for you but just a dark cave, uh, a place full of lava, a place full of sparkly things that you can never possess, you can never own because you didn't learn the lesson. So, Bezrat Hashem, Hashem helps us learn our lesson, you know, so we can maximize the fullest in this life so that we can enjoy the Alam Haba and not have to worry about not enjoying the Alam Haba. That just sounds very, very bad, you know, like Think about not enjoying the Alam Haba. That would just... Mm. Okay, but anyway, so 27, though, says, For the Son of Man is about to come into glory, the glory of his Father. Didn't not Matthew or Yeshiyahu, the one time you confuse Yeshiyahu and Matthew, right? He says, My glory I will give to no other. Let's see, that is, let's, let's, let's evaluate this real quick. Yeshayahu 42.8 says, I am Adonai, this is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. Let's dive into that word for yield or give. Uh, lo etain. Oh, man, you know what that word is? Natan. Like, the give, to give, like, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet. Right? You heard that before? Something about giving us to us the Torah of truth. Right? Baruch Hashem. Okay, so, 
Hashem says this is what he will not do. He will not natan his kavod. Because guess who his kavod is? The Shekinah. Guess when the first time this word is used? Bereshit 12. Uh, 7. All right, so let's dive into this. Bereshit 12, 7. And Adonai appeared to Avraham. And yes, I'm saying it is Avraham because even though you read his other name, his name that shall not be named, we always pronounce it as Avraham. So thank you, Chazal, for leading us in the right direction on that one. So it says, and Abraham, he appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give, I will yield this land. So he built an altar there to Adonai who had appeared to him. Now this is Parsha Leklaka, right? And Hashem is letting Abraham know that the land is going to belong to him and his offspring. I.e. So if you're talking about who owns Eretz Yisrael, B'nai Avraham, Yisav, Yaakov, B'nai Sararev, Karakav, Ibrianoki. Okay, so it belongs to the Jews. Just want to point that out. That's Bereshit 12, 7. Not to be confused with Matthew 16, 20, where Mashiach says, I'm the Mashiach, but don't tell anybody. Yet. That's the Met Midrash on there. Okay, so anyway... It's all about giving. Okay, so Yeshiyahu 42, 8, where Hashem says, I will not give my glory to another, but Yeshua over here, literally being the glory of Hashem, says the Son of Man is about to come into the glory of his Father with his angels, with his Malachim. So... Yeah, the Son of Man, euphemism for Mashiach or Redeemer, uh, Ben Adam is Bet, the initial letters Bet Aleph, which is Av, the Father. So you got the Son of Adam, who is called Father. Who is that? Oh, Mashiach. Okay, cool. Because Ben Adam is a euphemism for Mashiach because the seed of promise brought about in Bereshit was all about Mashiach, who is literally the Ben-Adam. And when Ben-Adam literally happened, the son of Adam, who did take the reins for the lineage, which is Seth, his name literally means to be appointed or to appoint, to set up as king. And he literally comes in as a Ben-David type figure because he inherited the birthright from Hevel, who was the original Ben Yosef type and shadow because Hevel lived a short life. He died. And who took his place? Sheet, which is Seth. It's Sheen Yotav. Okay. So when you really look at that, it's a very prophetic picture right there. And Sheet goes all the way down the line and you get Noach and then you get Shem who really is the full and complete lineage of the Jews. Okay. So Ben Adam, Mashiach is about to come into the glory. Is about to come into the Shekinah. So all this unification stuff that we talk about, it's not stuff, Sleeka, big Sleeka, because unification stuff is not how we term that. But Hashem being Kol Echad or Hashem being Echad, 
literally coal like his voice is a chad with him you know and his word is a chad with him his arm is a chad with him his spirit is a chad with him mashiach is a chad with him should i go on yes i should the rock that followed the children of Israel in the wilderness is a cloud with him. The clouds of glory that accompany the children of Israel in the wilderness is a cloud with him. The manna that fell from the sky is a cloud with him. The bread of heaven. Yes, that one. Mm -hmm. All of that. Bring that on. The Torah that was given on Mount Sinai is a cloud with him. But the Torah was given to Adam via the Kol Hashem that walked with him in the cool of the day. So that was a chad with him, or it is. All of this is still echa with him. Okay, anything else? Did I miss anything? Yeah, like infinite amount of things because Hashem is infinite. So when it comes to his oneness, it knows no bounds. Okay, so now that we've established that, uh, now we can move on to the next part of this verse here says then he will repay everyone according to his deeds so the cool thing about this is i went over this in the agarit to the romans podcast uh chapter two because I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and go there now because the cool thing is shem says i will repay the deeds and you know as the p we're all about linking stuff up right because he says and uh, this is a Garrett to the Romans, chapter two, verse five, and going right into the main verse, which is verse six. Check it out. He says, but by your hard and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. He will repay or he will pay back each person according to his deeds. Oh, man, I could have sworn Yeshua just said he's going to send into the glory of his father with his angels. And then he's going to repay back everyone. But over here in the Garrett to the Romans, it says Hashem will repay back the deeds. And literally, if you really look at that, the footnotes on this is ridiculous. First of all, it says Tehillim 62.12, Mishlei 24.12, Matityahu 16.27, Agarit to the Corinthians, Bet, which is the second Corinthians, and chapter 5, verse 10, Agarit to Colossi, the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 25. Then you got the Agarit to Timothy, Bet, which is the second letter to Timothy, uh, chapter 4, verse 14, Kepha's first letter, chapter 1, verse 17, and Revelation 2.23. If there were ever so many footnotes about Hashem repaying back each person according to their deeds, then that it is right there. So anyway, back to Matthew chapter 16, after verse 20, where Mashiach says, I'm the Mashiach, but don't tell anybody yet. Okay. I'm just like so mind blown by Matthew 16.20. I just, I don't know. I was just going to title this podcast Matthew 16.20. Even though it should be titled TTB, you know, Bekukotai. But, you know. Anyway, uh, so, yes, yeah, so he's going to repay everyone. Uh, so we're just in this whole thing about, you know, are you really going to give up your life just for the world? Are you going to get out of the lesson that we're, we're supposed to learn with our whole entire life? Or we're going to give all of that up. What Hashem has put us here to do, we're going to give all that up just for some little shiny thing over here in the corner that will never ever belong to us even as much as we are have the ability even as much as we have the opportunity to go after 
Because you can go after the shiny things if you want to. But the thing is, you'll never make it out. You'll never be able to get it. It'll never be yours. So, this is what I've learned from watching Aladdin. So, thank you very much, Aladdin, for sharing that with me. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's not really Aladdin. I know it's Hashem who gave me eyes to see. So, Baruch Hashem. Yishtabak Shemo. All right. So, and then the other part of Matthew 16, 26, which happens after, okay, I won't say it again. Okay, but anyway, says, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Okay, so think about your soul. And are you willing to exchange that? Because if you gave up your soul, you die, right? Because remember, when, when our soul departs from our bodies, there's a, there's a suspended animation until Hashem puts our soul back into it. And we either go with Him or we go to Gehenna. And that's pretty much the bottom line. And I know people be like, oh no, not to turn or burn. Or not to get sanctified or chicken fried. Or turn right or you're going to get left. Like, don't do any of that. But the thing is... <laughs> There's always a kernel of truth in all these things we find so funny. Even though that's not a laughing matter. But, uh, you know, you don't really have me sold on that one. But anyway, will you really do that? Are you really going to exchange something for your soul? Because if you did, you don't get to use it. I can exchange my soul for a belt or a piece of chicken. And if I did that, I would never get to wear that belt and I would never get to eat that piece of chicken. Random examples, I know, but I'm looking at size over here and I'm like, hmm, piece of chicken. Size, you know, those things that uh, I believe it's Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. He uses those. Yeah, this is what this is my podcast inspiration size. I'm just kidding. That is not my inspiration. My inspiration is a shim. Don't be fooled by my shenanigans. Even if I bring in cartoons. Okay. So. Back to the Omer though. Because it's Mem by Omer. It's the 40th day of the Omer. Man. A lot of joy. Okay. So. We are talking about how the world is a classroom. And your life is a lesson. It says. Then certainly your profession and workplace are included. Okay. So the world's a classroom. Life is a lesson. Your profession. Your workplace are included in all that. After all, he has unlimited ways to provide your livelihood. Why did he direct you to this way of life? Why did Hashem put us exactly where we are? There's an unlimited amount of ways he can do this. There's like as many manifestations as Hashem has that are echad with him. No matter what his manifestation may be, it's echad. Hashem is one with who he is. Okay. You are no separated from your words and your fingers and your hands than Hashem is from any of his manifestations. Again, I used this illustration before, but if your fist punches someone in the face, you're going to jail or you're going to have a lot of uh, consequences because your fist that punched that person in the face is going to cause your whole body to have some consequences. So just saying. That's a very, very small, horrible example. And don't punch anybody in the face. That's not nice. Okay, but anyway, uh, why did Hashem put us here? So the 
the meditation ends with what spark of divine, what sparks of the divine await you here? So that's the thing. It's not really wondering, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I wanted my best life now and don't waste your life and, you know, purpose driven life. And it's like, no, where are the divine sparks? Let's get them and let's go home. Let's finish this exile with all of our sparks in hand. You know, um, there's a, a video game I used to play when I was a kid on Sega Genesis. Yes, Sega Genesis. That is probably such a Greek uh, manipulation of words that it probably don't make no sense. But anyway, I used to play that game system. And there was a game called Sonic the Hedgehog. And when you play Sonic the Hedgehog, you went as fast as you could. I.e., I'm going to borrow that for my quote-unquote statement of hastening the redemption. Let's go as fast as we can, like Sonic the Hedgehog, hasten the redemption, right? Okay, so you go as fast as you can through all these different levels, and there are these little gold rings, and some of them you get, some of them you don't. But when you got so many gold rings, they made you get like all these different prizes and gifts. And sometimes you got like a life or something. Actually, I don't even remember what happened, but you get a lot of rings and it accounted to a lot of points. You needed to get these rings. Don't just pass the rings. Okay. So when it comes to divine sparks, it's like that. So we're going as fast as we can, like Sonic the Hedgehog to hasten the redemption. And we got divine sparks everywhere. We got divine sparks in the wall. We got divine sparks in our coffee cup. We got divine sparks in the gas tank. We got divine sparks on the road. We got divine sparks coming out the locker. I mean, I don't know where you work. You probably have lockers. I know I got lockers, but I don't use it. I don't have one because I don't have a combination lock. But anyway, I digress. Divine sparks are everywhere because they come from people and they're also in inanimate objects. Should we go back to Parshava Ishlak, where Yaakov had to go back across the Yabuk River to go get his stuff? Because he's like, man, I gotta go get I gotta go get that cruise of oil because Hanukkah's happening very, very, very soon in a far and distant time. Yes, there's a midrash that is available for your source needs. I uh, don't know it off the top of my head right now because I'm not thinking about it or looking at it, but the jar or was among the things that Yaakov went back across the river to go get. And that jar was the unsealed or the unbroken sealed. Okay. The seal was unbroken. And this was the jar that was found in the Hanukkah story that the Maccabees were able to use to light the menorah, which ended up burning for eight days instead of one. So yeah, you can think, Yaakov Avinu for going back to get his stuff and fighting with Hashem because he had a wrestling match of his life, you know. Uh, yeah. So anyway, all of that, right? So there's divine sparks everywhere. So we gotta get them. So gotta catch them all, Pokemon. I know, terrible it's cartoons, man. I'm blaming Aladdin for this. But I thought you loved Aladdin because you said it. You learned so much, and it's like, yeah. But now I'm. Quoting cartoons all night. Why am I doing this? Okay. So, Divine Sparks. That's what we're supposed to do. Hold Chevy Yisod. 40th day of the Omer. Mashiach ascended on this day. And from this point on, we got nine days of our own thing left, y'all. Okay. So, 
let's see. I want to go here. Um, see. This is Luke chapter 24, starting in 49. Uh, actually, I'm going to start in 48 and put it in context. 48 through 50. Luke 24, 48 through 50. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. But remain in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When Yeshua had led them out as far as Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them and ascended. Okay, so obviously I said nine days, but Shabbat's on the 10th day from this point, the 50th day. And that was Acts chapter two. Now, I want to shout out Zippor Aish on this because she is very violent and it's awesome. And I love all my Avengers. Y'all inspire me so much. Um, she was wanting to point out there was a whole bunch of people that were waiting from this point. Right. And in, in the Matthew or in the Luke passage. So check this out. So if you go to Acts chapter one and let's see, first, let's start with uh, who was the replacement for Yehuda uh, Iscariot. Judas uh, Iscariot, when he betrayed Mashiach and had a little bit of death action happen, there were now 11 instead of 12 Talmudim. But you got to have 12, you got to complete the tribes, got to have 12 gates in the city, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was Matthias. So that's Acts chapter 1, verse 26. His name was Matthias. And he won by being casted of lots. Okay, they cast at lots. So ch just uh, so we got, oh my goodness. The cool thing is it was between him or a guy named Bersabbas, who is, uh, whose name was really Yosef. So I, I thought that was cool. It's either going to be Yosef or Matthias cast of lots. Okay, it's Matthias because they already got Yosef because it's Yeshua, right? Yeshua ben Yosef. But anyway, back to what Zippor H was pointing out. So there was like all these people. Uh, let's see. They went up to Yerushalayim. They stayed there, right? They're supposed to stay until they receive power from on high. So uh, chapter 1, verse 15 of Acts, it says, In those days, Kepha stood up among the brothers, a gathering of about 120 Okay, you got the size of Sar Shalom, like in person without the HCOs, because when you add the HCOs, we're like 15 million thousand, a billion trillion people in Sar Shalom. Okay, but if we were to be like, well, no HCOs at the moment, let's just count who's here. It's like, okay, about this amount. But anyway, shouts out to our HCOs, because without y'all, we wouldn't be a strong army. Just saying. So now when you get to Acts chapter two, it says, and when the day of Shavuot came, the believers were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from Hashemayim and filled the whole house where they were sitting, where they were sitting. And 
And it says that they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem God-fearing Yehudim from, uh, uh, from every nation under Hashemayim. And when this song rang out, the, a crowd came together Slika, in bewilderment because each one of them, uh, each one heard them speaking in his own language. So there's all this going on, right? And so it says in verse 14, then Kepha got up and stood with the 11 and lifted up his voice and addressed the crowd. Okay, so you can look at the believers that were gathered, about 120 of them. But we fast forward to Shabbat and it's just the 11. Maybe or may not those 120 are still here and they're in the background. And this is meant to emphasize the 11 or the 12 because Kepha plus the 11, that's 13 or that's uh, that's 12. Sleekah. Wow. 11 plus one is 13, right? No, no, you're drunk. Didn't you just read verse uh, 13 where it says they're drunk on new wine? I met you apparently got some of that wine. What's wrong with you? Stop drinking and driving or drinking and drawing. Don't do that. But anyway, so yeah, just to point that out, that's an interesting detail to think about because here's the deal. There have been people leave our Mishpaka and, you know, it's no, it's, it's public. I mean, you know, people aren't there and it's just like, where are they? I, I don't know. I think Thanos got them. I think the snap happened and it's just like, be where we stand unless we fall. But it's important for us to grapple with that and deal with it. I'm going to like literally Zakin Mill comma, like Zakin War Machine, Zakin Rayford, who's doing the Avodah class. Uh, if you haven't checked out those classes, please do. I am re-watching them and they're amazing. They're so encouraging. But he goes into this thing where if you have something that gets in the way of you being observant, deal with it. Something comes up that you don't like, deal with it. I.e., for one example that he's quoted before and somebody didn't deal with it and these people are no longer here. And it, it came out as a shock at the time because it was just like, can, can Zakins really say stuff like this? And it's like, well, he did. And hindsight looking back, it's just like, if the message wasn't hearkened to, here are the results. These people are no longer around. And it's just like, wow, it's that serious. It's that deep. Yes, it is that deep. Okay, that is vernacular for this is real. Okay, if the sky is falling and Chicken Little is running around telling you the sky is falling, you better listen to Chicken Little. Okay, you better Ant-Man yourself. Shrink down and run. Okay, but anyway, uh, we are running a marathon because, you know, Keeping the Amuna that we have in Hashem is a lifelong thing. We shall not let it go, okay? Don't let go. Don't let Thanos get you, okay? If he tries to snap his finger, go Captain Marvel on him, grab that gauntlet, okay? But here's the deal. What would make you leave Sar Shalom? Think about it. Pull it out in front of your face right now. Eyes up. Deal with it. That's exactly what Zakin Rayford has mentioned. And I completely support that. I completely stand with it. And the other thing is you have to know that 
we have principalities, spirits of the princes of the air and all that kind of stuff going on. All the the strongholds that we're up against in the spiritual realms, which is, by the way, why we're Avengers, because we need to fight spiritually and we can because we have spiritual weapons, whether we like it or not. Are you going to use them is the question. But anyway, we got all sorts of opposition on every side that's wanting to take us down. One of the ways to take us down is to break the unity. Now, when you think about breaking the unity, you want to break the ranks. You want to break up the cliques. You want to break up the groups who are bonded together because they've done life together. They've experienced things. You want to break that up. If you can break that up, you can get someone to get separated from the pack and you can take them out like a to-go bag. Okay? The other thing, if you break up the unity, you create a weird vibe in the uh, weirdness, just a general weirdness. Like, hey, how's it going? It's like, is that a question or are you really like sure you want to ask me how's it going? It becomes like this really like what? I don't really know what's going on. I came to shul because, you know, we have this event or we're davening and it's like there's a bunch of weirdness, just general weirdness. But I want to tell you, this is the appropriate time. Punch weirdness in the face. Punch it right in the kisser. OK, punch disunity right in the mouth. OK, I'm so glad I can say that in a kosher way now, because literally things that threaten your life. You realize when you spiritually die, that's worse than dying a, a physical death. You know, like you can get shot, you can get stabbed, you know, you can do all these kind of horrible death things. But if your spirit gets killed, that's way worse. And this is the deal. Until Mashiach gets back, that's the peril that we are in. And unfortunately, as Lapid, as Shalom, that's where we've chosen to stand. Why? Because we're the crazy people who said, yeah, I believe in Yeshua. And yes, I will be observant of Torah. What what does that mean? Uh, and you start studying it and you start learning and you start doing it. We've crossed the proverbial red wires and nobody in their grand sister likes that. So that's put us in a very interesting spot. So again, you have spiritual weapons. Are you going to use them or are you going to die? I don't know about you, but I am not going to die. Not today. I'm uh, channeling my inner Clint Eastwood. Okay. Or my inner James Bond. Okay, so anyway, I just want to encourage us all that this Kolachad business is serious. This avenging business is serious. Your conversion business is serious. Whether people in this world recognize it or not, you are a true Jew, especially if you believe in Mashiach and you observe Torah, because by default, believing in Mashiach makes you a Jew because the only way you know about a Mashiach and you can come to believe in a Mashiach is through Jewish understanding because you realize without Jewish understanding you don't even believe in Mashiach because you don't even know you're supposed to you don't even supposed to you don't even know you're supposed to be reading the Bible and studying and praying if you're not Jewish because where do you think all that came from Judaism you know I know you may think it came from Christianity because we're 2,000 years a little late on learning our history but newsflash, the more you know, the Bible came from Jews, not from Christians. Yeshua came from Judaism, not from Christianity. The church, 
I have no idea where they came from, but I can tell you about a synagogue and I can tell you about the temple. And I can tell you that if you fast forward through Acts chapter two and look at what these people did, it says in verse 42 through the end, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. And you got to think to yourself, what in the world were the apostles teaching? They probably weren't teaching break Shabbat, eat unkosher and dress how you want to and just believe in God and hope for the best. I don't think they taught that. I wasn't even there and I can tell you they didn't teach that. Matter of fact, I can put money on it and I don't have a lot of money, but whatever money I do, I would put on it. I don't need to, but in case it comes up, I will. But anyway, the apostles, they taught Torah. Because if they didn't, then that means they weren't apostles. That means they weren't Talmudim and Mashiach. That means Mashiach was a false Mashiach. And Chasve Shalom, if that happened, because he went through a whole lot of death just to get resurrected for what? I mean, you got to think about these things. Think critically, as Rabbi Griffin would say. That's why he's Captain Israel. He's good at that. Anyway, uh, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. And to the fellowship, by the way, fellowship, Chavra. This is where we get the word Chavra from, beloved brother, okay? When you talk about a Havr, a Havr is a brother in Torah, okay? They are nothing less and they are way more, okay? They're nothing less than a brother in a Torah and then they're way more than that because this is an eternal bond, an eternal relationship that is being fostered. So while I'm talking about that, there is a group of us in Sar Shalom that are Talmudim and Mashiach. Or, wow, all of us are Talmudim and Mashiach, Bezrat Hashem. But, um, no, I mean, flashback to the Shabbat service. Rabbi Griffin literally made us stand up. He said, those of you who are my Talmudim, please stand up. Identify. These are the pillars that the community has. And don't you know, y'all. Whatever opposition wants to take these pillars down, wants to break up the pillars, wants to separate the pillars, wants there to not even be pillars, want to be just rabbi and the Beit Dean. Just let it be that and let the let the whole shul feel like they're drinking Kool-Aid and just listen to the leadership and not have any backbone. It's like, psh, get out of here with that. First of all, we're violent children of Yosef. OK, we take the kingdom by force. We ain't sitting around diving in with our eyes closed hiding in corners. No, we're living it. Okay. So there are a group of us who are Talmudim of Rabbi Griffin. And why? Because we're expanding out the tears into the shul. Okay. You got Rabbi, you got the Beit Dean, you got the Talmudim, and then you got the lay leaders. And then you got all of the people who attend Sar Shalom. It's normal. Okay. Like when you go to work, you got your direct lead, then you got your direct leads boss, and then you got your direct leads boss's boss, and then you got your corporate, and then you got your corporate's corporate, and then all the way up the ladder. So you got your CEO, your owner of the company, chairman, all that kind of stuff. Right? So what in the world? When it comes to the Amuna, that is our life, Judaism, what do we have? We have the Rabbanim. We have the Rabbanim's Rabbanim. And then we have the prophets and then we have the elders. I'm back in the chain all the way up. This is straight up pure chaos vote coming at you in your grill. 
Okay, and then after you got the elders, you got Yehoshua. And then after Yehoshua, you got Moshe. After Moshe, you got Hashem. Now, Moshe can obviously be put on the same plane with like, you know, the patriarchs, Yosef, you know, the Levites and everything like that, because the Levites were the only tribe who stayed true to the faith while being immersed in Egyptian nation. OK, the Levites kept it. You know, the other children of Israel, they kept the faith, too. But the Levites like unsullied like we we don't deal with any of this Egyptian stuff. We're studying Torah. We don't know that there are other festivals that exist outside of Leviticus 23. Like, what do you mean? There's a day where a bunny hops around and does stuff with eggs. Like, why is that? Is, does that have anything to do with the first day of the seventh month? Or is that the I don't know the 50th day after we count the omer from the 16th of nissan no okay well i have no idea what you're talking about but it sounds like cotton candy anyway when you want some meat and potatoes we're serving dinner okay just make sure you separate between eating dairy and have this meat meal okay but anyway you get the point right fellowship havra torah pharisee yeshua observance teachings of the talmudim there's a chain there's a group okay when you first come into sar shalom when you become a lapid you will be getting a group of people that you start with and i encourage you make connections okay because if you don't make connections you will die i'm sorry to be blunt but I have not been blunt and I've sat around and I've seen people die and I don't like seeing people die. So don't die. Okay. Don't die. Stay with me. Stay with me. I won't let go. Okay. There's plenty of room on this wooden door floating in this cold ocean. You don't have to stay in the water. Get on the piece of wood here and we're just going to hold on to each other. Lifeboats are coming. That was a very failed reference to Titanic. Anyway, that's how it should have ended. But anyway, Rose did not have to let Jack freeze in the water. Ha, <sighs> there I said it. Okay. Matthew 16, 20. What was that? Yeshua said he's Mashiach. Don't tell anybody yet. Okay, anyway. Um, yes. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, uh, so they they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the chavra, to being chavarim. Okay, this is the first group of Avengers right here. You know, we're the young Avengers. These are the true Avengers, old school, new school, true school, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, they also did it to the breaking of bread and to prayer. When do we break bread? I loved having a break bread moment where I just kind of zoomed out from what was actually happening. It was a beautiful Shabbat day. We were doing third meal and we said the bracha over the challah after doing the Shalosh Sudot Seder and did the hand washing and we lifted up the hamotzi and we said the hamotzi bracha and then we broke the hollow y'all and passed it around like we do this on shabbat and yom tov except for yom kippur because ain't nobody breaking bread on yom kippur the only bread we breaking on yom kippur is the bread you don't know about <laughs> that's right but anyway um and then on pesach because the only bread you're breaking on pesach for all seven of those days is matzah. And don't let Pesach start on Shabbat because it's going to be eight days of matzah instead of seven. 
Because, you know, you can't go out and buy Hamets, you know, when Pesach ends on a on a prep day and then prep day night, which is the Arab Shabbat, you go back into Shabbat. Like that gives you no window to go buy stuff. So anyway, that's how you turn seven days into eight days of matzah. But anyway, it's not like we just lived through that in 5779 or something. So breaking bread, I mean, that, that's a beautiful thing. You don't break, I mean, breaking bread, like you literally break the bread. Like it's no pun intended because it is it. Like that's it. Okay, hot and bready right there. Okay, but anyway, says, and to prayer. What kind of prayer? Oh my goodness, we have a prayer book. We pray without ceasing. We have prayers for our prayers. We have prayers before our prayers. We have prayers after our prayers. Okay, we pray before and after we go to the bathroom. You don't pray in the bathroom, okay? That's just not right. Just don't do it. Just don't. Okay. Verse 43, Acts chapter 2, says, A sense of awe came over everyone, and the apostles performed many wonders and signs. Wow. Because Yeshua performed wonders and signs for the Talmudim and Matthew 26, which comes after Matthew I mean, Matthew 16 comes out to Matthew 16, 20, where Yeshua says, I'm the Mashiach, but don't tell anybody. Anyway, uh, so it says that. Um, so many signs and many wonders Yeshua did this. Like, it's just it's completely awesome. It's just completely awesome. Yeah, right here. Uh, Matthew 16, 21. From that time on, Yeshua began to show his Talmudim. He must go to Yerushalayim, suffer many things from the elders, ruling Kohanim, Torah scholars, and be killed and raised on the third day. All of that. Okay. So, they were back to Acts now. Okay, so, performing signs and wonders says, all the believers were gathered, or all the believers were together and had everything in common. They were selling their possessions and goods. They shared with anyone who was in need. Okay. And then it says, what else does it say? Share with everyone who was in need with one accord. Literally, kol echad. This is why we say this is Sar Shalom, because we're bringing it back, taking it back, all the way back. First century, get it on. Okay. So, Kolechot, they continued to meet daily in the temple courts. So first of all, they went to the place where the sacrifices were happening. And when you're in the temple court, you got all kind of drosh get you some going on. You got all kind of davening going on. You got all kind of fellowship going on. It says, and to break bread from house to house. Okay. They literally went over to each other houses for Arabs and Yom Tovs. Okay. Like. So when people invite you over, just know that the Talmudim, they did that. Okay. And then it says, and with gladness and sincerity of heart, everything was sincere and everything was with gladness. Everything was with Simka. Mm. Sasson. Mm. Because, you know, if you follow Torah and you don't have any gladness, it's a curse. This is why you're cursed if you follow Torah, because you don't have any joy while you're doing it. And it's like, as if we needed any more indictment on following Torah, well, there you go. Just take it over the top and not have any joy and gladness or sincerity of heart. Just be like, well, I'm not really into this Torah stuff. I'm just doing it. I don't really want to. I don't really like it anyway. It's just like, okay, 
So this person needs to be taken back to square one. Do not pass go. Let's start with talking to Azakin immediately. Because the beautiful thing about Judaism is that we don't kick people out when they're wrong. We give people the opportunity to make tikkun, to make repair. It's all about repair. Remember, Basura Hageula, the redemption of the flesh, the redemption of the Basar. Let our flesh be redeemed because at the end of the day, our flesh is not in control. The spirit is. The only time the flesh is in control is when we want it to be in control and when we let it be in control. So what's your option? You got spiritual weapons. Are you going to use them? Become a Avenger. Come on, man. Fight back. Kick. Punch. Kick. Push. I don't know. Skateboard. Something. Fight back. Don't just sit there. Don't just get shivved all the time. Like, man, make a shank out of a piece of paper and fight. Bite somebody, you know, no, no, bite, bite the right person. Don't bite just random people. Don't want to be like a zombie or whatever. Anyway, uh, can I just read? Okay, so verse 47, Acts chapter 2, it says they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And Adonai added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, there was something I read in the Messiah text. Hashem, please help me find it. Because there's this thing about being saved. And it's totally a Jewish thought. Um, oh my goodness. I only have 16,000 tabs in the Messiah text. Okay. We can do this, though. I've already prayed. I've asked Hashem, right? That's the first step. First step to success is asking Hashem. Okay, what do, what needs to happen? Okay, so there was something in here about being saved. Let's see. Probably going to have a moment of silence. It's cool. Please think about what, what we've talked about thus far as, as I'm looking here. It's very important to not just learn, but to um, just kind of go over what you learn. It's the 40th day of the Omer. It's awesome. This is, um, okay, it's not the page I'm looking for. Okay, this is looking close. Is this it? Hmm. There was this word about being saved in here. Uh, I feel like this might be it. Okay, if it's not, I apologize. We will find it because we prayed about it. Okay, um, so this is page 185 in the Messiah text. It says, the day on which the exiles will be gathered in is as great as the day on which the Torah was given to Yisrael at Har Sinai. And what will be the order of their coming? The Shekinah will walk at their head and the nations of the world after them. 
and the prophets at their sides, and the ark and the Torah will be with them, and all Yisrael will be clothed in splendor and wrapped in great honor, and their radiance will shine from one end of the world to the other. And in that hour, the hands of the nations and the world will become weak, and there will not be a single warrior able to stretch forth his hand to take up his weapons. And there will be no weapon with which will not be damaged. And there will and there will no image or shape idols which will not be devoured. And the nations of the world will come and take their deities and cast them away. And why will all this happen? In order to remove idolatry from the world before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the Blessed One will rule from one end of the world to the other. That is from Pasikta de Rab Kahana, uh, chapter 2, and 463 through 464. And then uh, Zohar, volume 1, 120b. Come see at the time that Yisrael are in exile, the Shekinah is in exile with them, and the Shekinah is with them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers them to do good to them and bring them out of exile. It is written, and God remembered his covenant, Shemot 2.24. This refers to the Shekinah. And that was that beautiful drop Rabbi Griffin dropped down about how Hashem heard the cry of the Shekinah, and that's how he redeemed Yisrael from Israel. wasn't necessarily the cry of the children of Israel. Or was it? Because remember, Kol Echad, right? Okay, is this it? Mm. Nope. I think this might be it. I said that before, I know. Okay, page 137 says in the Messiah text, in the hour when HaKadosh Baruchu redeems Israel, three days prior to the coming of Mashiach, Eliyahu will come and stand on the mountains of Yisrael and lament over them and say, mountains of the land of Yisrael, how long will you stand dry and parched and desolate? And his voice will be heard from one end of the world to the other. And he says to them, Shalom has come to the world. As it is said, behold, up on the mountains, the feet of the messenger who announces Shalom. Nehum 2.1 When the wicked hear this, they all rejoice and say to one another, Shalom has come to us. On the second day, Eliyahu comes, stands on the mountains of Israel and says, Goodness has come to the world. As it is said, the harbinger of goodness, Yeshiyahu 52.7 on the third day, he comes and says, salvation has come to the world. As it is said, announce salvation. Yeshayahu chapter 52. And when he sees the wicked that they say thus, he says unto Zion, your God reigns. Again, Yeshayahu 52. To teach you that salvation comes to Zion and her children, but not to the wicked. And that hour, HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows his glory and his kingship to all those who walk in the world. And he redeems Israel and reveals himself at their head. Pasikta Rabati, page 161a. 
And then Pierre K. Mashiach 372 comes in, or 372, or section 3, verse 72, says, And that hour Eliyahu will fly over all the world and will give tidings to Israel. So by the way, it says that uh, unto Zion your God's reign to teach you salvation comes to Zion and her children, but not to the wicked. So here it is. If you want to be saved, you should be a part of Zion and her children. Salvation, be saved. And then we got Acts 247 over here said the number daily those who were being saved. Like there were more and more of those people being saved or more and more people coming to salvation. Okay, more and more people being saved. So I just want to point that out. Being saved is being a part of Zion and her children. Being saved is being a part of waiting for the Mashiach to return. Being saved is walking in the truth and the righteousness of Hashem, which is found in none other than his Torah. And I just want to thank you, Hashem, for showing us that passage in the Messiah text. Thank you for increasing my bitakon. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to do that. Let's go back to the Basora real quick. Uh, I want to bring up this verse 21, which happens after Matthew 16, 20, which is where Mashiach admits that he is. That's right. Mashiach. Slika. But anyway, uh, 1621 says from that time on, Yeshua began to show his Talmudim, he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. So Yeshua is doing like a show and tell. I just want to point that out. He's very, very descriptive and explanatory on this. OK, he's like the best teacher because he is the Torah, right? Uh, there's this beautiful thing I got to post on Insta Bam. I want to see if I can find it since I have to deal with 52 pickup from Mr. Akav. I made the, the beautiful, pleasant, might I add, mistake of telling him. It's a mistake that I'm really happy I made. I said, hey, you and a few Avengers should probably get on Instagram and start like dropping your sources. Because you're dropping them to me in text messages. But I want the world to see this stuff. Because y'all are cray cray. And he did. And about 20,000 posts later. And I mean every post is ridiculous. Like for example. Here's one of his posts. Zohar volume 260a. The Torah and God are entirely one. I mean it, there's way more in there. But I just want to point that out. And uh, he puts his little comment he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and we all know that verse that's choking on right so um akav is the shomer avenger of gambit okay and i call it 52 pickup because there's usually 52 cards in a or in a deck of cards and we play 52 pickup it's a horrible game for somebody and which is kind of like really cool because that's his attack that he uses it's a horrible thing when uh, 52 pickup happens because somebody gets hurt. And when he be dropping these bombs like this, because his cards are actually bombs, uh, it, somebody gets hurt. And it's just kind of like, man, wow, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Are you okay? No, you're not. Okay, well, Brukashim. Okay, but anyway, um, 
And so someone knocks the whole deck of cards out of your hand. You got to literally pick up 52 cards. But the cool thing about the Shomer version of 52 Pickup is 52 Pickup. 52 is the gematria of sun. It's Ben. So if you're going to have a 52 Pickup, you're going to pick the sun up in every single insight. And he's he has the ability to do this. So like, okay, because you may not believe me. Here's two more examples. Okay, so this one uh, from the Midrash says, Beshalak, page 128. It says, Then Hashem Shekinah appeared to the sea and it split. Okay, so here's his comment. Ready? This is 52 pickup. It says, Yeshua stood on the boat and with the command of his voice calmed the sea and the Talmudim asked, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey? Okay, seriously, he didn't even stop there. He had it in his own little thing. And he goes, we we have see that the Shekinah made flesh and walk among us. We have seen that the Shekinah has made flesh and walked among us. We have seen goodness gracious. The Talmudim have seen the Shekinah take flesh and walk among us. The Torah took flesh and dwelt among us. Hashem says, I will tabernacle among you. Just put that together. Oh, my word. What was I even looking for? I told you this was going to happen. But anyway, I was trying to put this drop on here about uh, the kolechadness of Hashem. Okay, see if I can get to it. Okay. It's here somewhere. I know it is. Where did you put it, Shomer, man? Man, man. <laughs> That's funny. Shomer, man, 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 man. I know I posted it. Oh, here it is. Berkashem, it's right, it's right in front of my face. This is from Or HaChaim. So, you know, the Torah being a teacher and stuff. So it says... Those familiar with the Kabbalistic knowledge made available to us by Hakadosh Baruchu have said further, Zohar, Volume 2, 94b, that the striving of the earnest servants of Hashem through studying and observing the mitzvot of the good teaching, which is the good teaching is the Torah. The striving of the earnest servants of Hashem. What is that? Studying and observing the commandments of the good teaching. That's Torah. Mishle 4.2 refers to the Torah as a good teaching. This is all from Or HaKaim on Vayikra 22.12-13. Yes, a parasha and more drop. Now, Luke 18.18 and a religious leader inquired of Yeshua saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 19, why are you calling me good? Yeshua said to him, no one is good except one that is God. So I just synthesized that all. Yeshua is the Torah and the Torah and Hashem are one. Just put that all together and there it is. The good teaching, the good teaching called the Torah, Yeshua is the Torah made flesh 
and Yeshua was called good teacher. And Yeshua was like, no, the only one who's good is Hashem. And they're like, I know. That's why I'm asking you. And it's just like, wow, that just happened. Okay. Anyway, so while I'm here, uh, I will get back to the, the Basora. But for one second, for those of you who may be unaware, there is an app called Instagram. If you get on Instagram, you can look up Shomer.man and then look at the people that I'm following. There are 27 currently that I'm following. There is a Tyler Can, like C-A-Y-N. So Tyler, C-A-Y-N, all one name. There is a Ish underscore Natav. There is a Hadar underscore Ferris. There is a Ish dot Hasid. Avenger dot Laharos underscore Zolan underscore Zippor dot Sheer. May her memory be blessed. There is a why don't we shout out some of the big guns here? Okay, everybody's a big gun. Okay, I get it. Doctor underscore Sakal, Ish dot Pela, Chasis dot Boz, Mighty dot Haver, Amazing dot Chazan, Incredible dot Talmud. Captain dot Yisrael and Akav six thirteen, just to name a few. When you start signing up on this Instagram app and following these individuals, I guarantee you, and especially if you just hashtag Lapid underscore and choose a topic, you got sources for days. Just want to point that out there. If you ever feel like, man, I wish I had some of those books, well. They're available on the gram. You can get you a gram load of books. Okay. So that's uh, something that I think you should be aware of. Instagram is full of stuff. And the cool thing is we take pictures of sources. We're not just taking pictures. Oh, look at me. I'm out here, you know, picking my nose. Okay. That, that was a terrible example. That was a very gross example. I apologize. But uh, we don't post stuff like that. We post sources, okay? And we source out everything. And I know, uh, you just gotta, what are you doing with your sources? Sharing them. That's what we do. And we line them back up and correlate them to Mashiach. Everybody does their own version of 52 pickup, I guess. Well, we can't all be a Kav, but we can a Kav. Which, a Kav is a Kev, remember that? Torah portion about keeping a hold of the commandments, even the least of them. Oh, that sounds like something Yeshua said. Even the least of them you've done for me. Right? Because if you give a, a glass of water to a person who's thirsty, you've done it unto Mashiach. Get you some of that. So how much more so some commandment that you don't even think is super important? Like, I don't know, pick one. Um, uh, don't, uh, damage anybody's property. I mean, that's a pretty big deal, but in the light of thinking up through all the commandments, like don't violate the Shabbat, don't blaspheme in the name of Hashem or, uh, you know, don't make any idols <laughs> or something like that. Like, Oh, don't damage anybody's property. Okay. Baruch Hashem. It's like, just because you've done that, you've done unto Mashiach. So, all right. So now to uh, the Basora back again for Bakugotai. We got Yeshua was showing and telling, hey y'all, just a little heads up, just news flash. Hey guys, just want to send y'all a message today. 
you know, he kept doing this. And even when it happened, you know, there's a thing where as humans, we can be like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I got it. I got it, man. When I get in the car, buckle my seatbelt, doom, like do it. Okay. You show me how to buckle my seatbelt. You show me when I get in the car and it's like, okay, your turn. It's like you get in the car and you're like, oh, snap. Like this is for those of us who've never been in a car. Most of us who've driven cars now for years, we get it. But think back to the time when you first got in the car, especially when you first got in the driver's seat. You're like, uh, got a whole lot of nothing right here. Uh, how do I start this thing? <laughs> and you're like, how long have you known about a car and how long have you studied? But when you actually had to do it, you froze. You freaked out like Black Panther in the first movie. You know, his uh, his little warrior general was like, hey, don't freeze. And he was like, I never freeze. And then he froze. So, like, that's the same thing that happened. You know, Yeshua was like, hey, everybody, just want to let you know, Matthew 16, 21. I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be handed over. It's going to look like this. I'm going to be handed over. They're like, okay, that's so, like, no, that's not cool. You're not, no. That's why Kepha over here, like, no, we'll never let that happen. Yeshua was like, listen you guys that's a stumbling block D don't worry about it it'll be fine i told you i'm gonna raise on the third day i know you don't want anything bad to happen to me but it's got to because we all ate from the tree by we i mean y'all because i i'm outside of time and space and i was there when you did it i was actually the commandment that you broke so really if you think about it you're just going through what you did originally. You're just breaking me again, you know, like you're seeing the effect of what you did when you ate from the tree, me being broken. So it's OK. I've been broken before, but this time when I get broken, I'll never be broken again. And neither will you. OK, so that escalated quickly, but he's going to be handed over. And I want y'all to get this in your hearts. Get this in your Ruach, your Nefesh, and your Neshama. And if you if you married it, your Neshama's Neshama, which is your Chaya and your Yechida, higher levels of soul. Get it in there because it says, from this time on, Yeshua began to show his Talmudin he must go to Yerushalayim and suffer many things from the elders, the ruling Kohanim, the Torah scholars, be killed and raised on the third day. Nowhere in this do I see the Jews killed Yeshua. Nowhere in this do I see the Christians killed Yeshua. What I see in this is Yeshua says this is a part of the plan. This is going to happen. This is me laying down my life. No man takes it. Okay. So who are the elders? These are the people who should be the Sanhedrin. Okay, the chamber of hewn stone, the people who should have so much Holy Spirit anointing that it's ridiculous, you know, type people. Yet, they're going to make him suffer. They're going to kill him. Okay, so corrupt Sanhedrin much? Okay, yes. Because remember, Judaism sees that the Sanhedrin, if they killed anybody in seven years, is considered to be bloodthirsty. And then the commentary extends it out further, saying if they even killed anybody in 70 years, they're bloodthirsty. And it's just like some people don't even live till 70. So what is that? 
then you got the fact that it says the ruling Kohanim. Caiaphas was one of them. Okay, you got other Kohanim as well that are in the temple. They're rallying around Caiaphas being like, yeah, kill him. Crucify him. Burn him. I don't know. Kick him in the teeth. It's just like, wow. What disrespect, right? So Yeshua's like, yep, that's going to happen too. So beware that. Oh, <laughs> remember those people who like read me and learn of me every single day? Those who search the scriptures seeking for me and yet I'm right here and they still don't find me. Yeah, those people too. Those people who know the Torah front, backwards, upside down, they can write the Torah scroll in reverse and do gematria in their head. Yeah, those people, yeah, they're going to hand me over. It's just like, Mashiach, are you sure? Are you, I don't know. I mean, I don't like what you're saying right now. I don't know if you're my Mashiach. I mean, you're my Mashiach. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like you talking like this. I like good, good buddy Mashiach. Like, good, like, you know, drink a cup of wine, Mashiach, or like life is good, Mashiach. I don't want to hear none of this. It's like, guys, I know, pull it together. This is hard for the flesh, but it's okay. Like, I'm here. I'm helping you overcome this. You know, I'm giving you my shalom. I don't give as the world gives. I've overcome the world. Come on, come with me. You know where I'm going. Okay. Behold, I go prepare a place for you. And it looks like this, that I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be killed. But I will be raised on the third day, just like the Omer. The Omer is raised on the third day. Third day from what? The third day of Pesach. Okay. Because you got 14th of Nisan, which is your prep day for Pesach. You might as well call it Pesach because you're burning hummets and you're sacrificing the, uh, the lamb. And then you got the 15th of Nisan. That is when you have your Seder beginning on that night, which is the 14th into the 15th. And then you got the whole day of Pesach, your Yom Tov service. And then you got the 16th of Nisan. And that's the night Mashiach was raised from the tomb. That was a Habdallah. Everybody went out to the field and cut up that barley, that uh, barley sheaf, you know, and there's lifting it in the air and waving it. And then the next day they bring it into the temple and they sift it through the 13, you know, things. And then they start partaking of the new grain and all that. Okay. That's the third day. Yeshua says that day I'm going to be raised with the barley offering. And by the way, when I'm raised, I'm going to be waved before Hashem to bring favor to you. This is why he told Miriam, don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended. I got to go up before Hashem and be waved by putting my blood on the mercy seat. Like the Yom Kippur service, because I'm bringing the former and the latter rain all in the first month. I'm doing this right now, because salvation begins with the Jews. Uh, Jewish sources, there's a Haggadah that was talking about this, uh, studying for Pesach. It says that when the redemption, if it happens in Nisan, it's for the Jews. If it happens in Tishrei, it's for the world. And remember, salvation begins with the Jews, Romans 1.16. This is the power of the gospel. We're not ashamed of it. It's... Uh, Power first, or salvation first to the Jews, then to the Greeks and all of all of that. Okay, so the redemption is going to happen in Nisan first, and then it's going to come back and it's going to happen in Tishrei. So, uh, just want to let that be known. So, all these little straw man arguments and these little riffraff little throw-ins. Yeah, I can't believe you want to be Jewish and convert to Judaism because they killed Yeshua. And it's just like, I'm so impressed you know his name is Yeshua. 
But I'm not as impressed since you don't know Yeshua said, no man takes my life. I'll give it willingly. And by the way, you killed him just as much as I killed him. Because did we or did we not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? So I uh, just want to let everybody know I have a timer that has 16 seconds left on it. And I'm rebuking it. And I'm just going to go ahead and turn it off. Because normally if I was in the TT Basura class, that timer would go off and then we would say, what do we know? What do we know? And we would index with the Braca. But I feel like I'm just getting started, so I shall continue. But anyway, uh, that's something that's really important on Parsha Bikuko Tai. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring out, um, I thought I did anyway. thought I wanted to bring this out. Did I want to bring anything out? Maybe I shouldn't have rebuked my timer. I don't know. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. This is how we're going to do it. First, I'm going to start off with what Dr. Sakal said about the 40th day of the Omer. Then I'm going to go on Magen and talk about the 40th day of the Omer. And then we'll see what happens from there. Because that's just all I see right now. Okay. So first of all, Dr. Sakal drops this down because it's the 40th day of the Omer, right? This is when Yeshua ascended from the Mount of Olives. Where did Yeshua ascend from is super important because where he ascended from is where he's going to return because Hashem is just smooth like that. He's always about, you know, this continuity connecting dots. So uh, apparently Dr. Sakal has been reading the Lamentations Rabbah he says, it's interesting that Yeshua preached to Shuva, which is repentance, for three and a half years, wept over Yerushalayim, and ascended from the Mount of Olives, exactly as the Shekinah does in Lamentations Rabbah 25. Man, that right there just makes me just, my suit just blew up. That's okay, I got another one. Oh, look. All right, here we go. Lamentations Rabbah 25, doing exactly what Yeshua did. It says, Rabbi Yonatan said, for three and a half years, the Shekinah waited upon the Mount of Olives, hoping Yisrael would repent, but they did not. A botkol went forth and said, return, O backsliding children, from Yermiyahu 3.14, return to me and I will return to you. From Malachi 3.7, when they did not repent, the Shekinah said, I will go and return to my place. If you won't make Teshuvah, I will make Teshuvah, basically. That's from Hosea 5.15. Again, that is Lamentations Rabbah Peticha 25. Dr. Sakal goes on, he says, I knew the withdrawal of the Shekinah in 10 stages and the weeping, etc. But somehow I miss that the Shekinah waiting on Mount of Olives for three and a half years. I didn't believe the quote because it sounded too much like Yeshua. So I looked it up in the Ivrit and was stunned. It is there. He literally... As a picture of the Hebrew. 
Uh, let's see if we can do this. Oh, yeah, right there. So Rabbi Yonatan, Amar Rabbi Yonatan. So said Rabbi Yonatan, Shalosh Shanaim. Three years. Okay. Umach, Umecheza. Three and a half. Asta Hashkina. The Shekina is doing something. It says, Yoshbet al Hahar waited or dwelt, sat upon, rested upon al Har Hazaitim on the Mount of Olives because the olives is Zayit. Zaitim is olives in the plural. And it says, Sevura Shema Yisrael Yaasu Teshuva. There it is. Make Teshuva, y'all. And uh, yeah, so it's all there. It's all there. Shuvu. Shuvu. Yep. It's, yep, all there. Brukshem, that's the Hebrew. <clears throat> We're drawing 10 stages, shall we? Lamentations Rabbah Prologue 25. It says, 10 journeys were made by the Shekinah from the Kerev to the Kerev, from the Kerev to the threshold of the house, from the threshold of the house to the Kerev, from the, or Slika, from the Kerev to the Kerev, from the Kerev to the threshold of the house, from the threshold of the house to the Keruvim. And from the Keruvim to the east gate, from the east gate to the court, from the court to the roof, from the roof to the altar, from the altar to the wall, from the wall of the city of Jerusalem, and from the city to the Mount of Olives. The Shekinah may be likened to a king who left his palace in anger. After going out, he came back and embraced and kissed the walls of the palace and its pillars. Similarly, when the Shekinah went forth from the temple, it returned and embraced and kissed its walls and pillars and wept and said, Oh, the peace of the temple. Oh, the peace of my royal residence. Oh, the peace of my beloved house. Oh, peace. From now onward, let there be peace. From the city to the Mount of Olives, for it is written, And the glory of Adonai went up from the midst of the city and stood upon the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. Yehezekiel 11.23 So again, this is Lamentations Rabbah 25 which is the 40th day of the Omer. Because remember, Yeshua was with us for 40 days in his resurrected form. And so, count the Omer. And then he said, go, remain and stay in the city until you receive power from on high. So, the Kedusha of every Yom Tov is present every time we celebrate that Yom Tov. So that means what we're headed towards for Shabbat the original Shavuot, Acts chapter 2 Shavuot, and all the other Shavuots that have had miraculous things happen, that's available for us. 
But the question that we really need to ask ourselves, not is that available and are we going to take advantage of it? The real question is, have we and are we counting our Omer? Because if you're not, then you can forget about day 50. I mean, you can't you can get to day 50 and still receive something because Hashem is just that gracious where you can be like, I didn't even count my Omer. But I'm here for Shavuot. And it's just like, well, Baruch Hashem, here's some for you. But for those of us who've counted the Omer, it's a dump truck, okay? Like, just get ready. You've, you've been preparing yourself, purifying yourself, cleansing yourself, just like a woman who counts the days of her Nida. She's counting up to the day of her purification. That's what we're doing when we count the Omer. And it's just kind of like, wow, like this is intense, you know? So that's something important that we need to have in our minds and understand. Counting our omer, well, I mean, what what in the world are we doing? We're talking about cleansing from the defilement, which, by the way, is the seed of the serpent, the venom. Okay, what made us, you know, enter into death? What causes us to perpetuate death? Why don't we live forever anymore? Why do we have to die? Okay, we're, we're rectifying that. Stray thoughts. Anything that makes us doubt or shame, we're rectifying that. Um, what's making us not study? What's making us, you know, just really forsake Torah and just want to go after the world and, you know, not want to do things that are Shomer and, and just kind of do our own thing. We're rectifying that. That's why we're counting the Omer. That's the significance of counting the Omer. Okay, so that's... You know, so as you're going through, when you, I got to tell a beautiful couple this, that's our shalom. So, yes, I'm going to shout y'all out. You ready? Chana and Yishai. I'm shouting y'all out. Yishai and Chana. Y'all are amazing. Just want to let you know, you're like violent children of the Most High God, and it's cool. Okay? Be more violent, and it's totally awesome to see it. Okay? But anyway, got to share with them about this. Realize the power and what is coming through your lips as you're counting the Omer. Whether you know what it is or not, you are shaking the heavens with your declaration every night you count the Omer. You're saying, may the, the Omer that I counted tonight be rectified, you know, and you say, you know, so like we did, hold Chevy so tonight. You know, and it's just kind of like, mm. like whether you know exactly what you did or not, you just clicked on that switch in the heavenlies. Your your neshama inside of you has just woken up that much more just because you said that. And because you're standing and you're declaring with the word of Hashem, you've taken words with you and literally returned to Hashem. as Hosea chapter 14 talks about. You've done that. And you've been doing that. And will you continue to do that for the rest of this Omer count? So that when you get to Shavuot, you are ready to just crack open the shell that has surrounded you and encased you. That has limited you. Captain Marvel moment. Here we go. And the Captain Marvel movie, spoiler alert. The way she unlocks the limitlessness of her powers. She realizes that it's what. It's every time she gets back up from her fall 
that's what makes her powerful. The limitations were taken off of her when she realized, yeah, a righteous man falls seven times. Or in her case, a righteous woman falls seven times. Just like it's written in Proverbs. Yes, I'm transposing it in there because that's the point. That's why it shows the montage of her falling and falling and falling and falling and falling. No matter what the situation was, she got back up. And you cannot stop a person that gets back up after they fall. You just can't. A person that realizes they've done something wrong and they go, you know what? I'm sorry. What can I do to fix it? And here's the action plan. Thank you for the action plan. I'm doing it. You can't stop a person like that. That's like trying to stop a freight train that's got the ability of the juggernaut. And the juggernaut cannot be stopped. I just want to point that out. Once he gets running, he can't stop. So just think about the power in that. Because that's really ultimately what Hashem is for us. He allows us to get back up. The thing is, is if we sin... If we, Chasway Shalom, just lose our mind and just go off to Derek, the moment we stop and go, wow, in my father's house, even his servants eat crumbs from the master's table. Even his servants have better meals than pigs and the slop trough. You know, like they don't even have to deal with the smell of sewage. You know, so I think I'm going to go to my father's house and just hope for just, can I be a servant? Can I be a slave? And he's like, oh, my gosh, my son, you've come home. My daughter, you've come home. Hey, hey, look, go back, go bring the best uh, from the flock and cut it up and let's have a party. And you're just like, I was just hoping to be a servant. And now I got a robe and now I got new clothes. Now I got new jewels. Like what? what? I don't even know what to do with this. It's like, son, you made Teshuvah. There's greater rejoicing and Hashemayim, when one sinner makes shuva, you have no idea. We just read about the Shekinah, hoping that Yerushalayim would make shuva. So here you are, you're part of Yerushalayim, you're my child. So when we do that, y'all, that is ridiculous, okay? You become just a whole, just no man, okay, listen. If it's dark, if it's against Torah, it just it just completely don't like that. It's like, no, you will not break the system like that. You will not. You will stay conformed. You will, as in the Captain Marvel movie, her little tutor trainer, he was like, control it. She's like, what do I got to control it? I have nothing to prove to you. It's like, no, we're not controlling anything. Hashem has made us who we are. Let's be that. So... I don't know. I guess this is just really me just wanting to encourage everybody. Mess up. So what? Are you are you okay with your mess up? Do you want to stay messed up? Do you want to have your pity party? Do you want to stay in your pity party? Oh my goodness, I'm convicting myself. Can we talk about something else? No, guess we can't. Okay, well, you don't want it to be a teacher. You know it's a greater consequences for being a teacher. It's a harder you got greater responsibility. God. Wow. Man, I'm totally like, good night. Anyway, you make a mistake. What are you going to do to fix it? Do it. Do it and do it now. Okay? And the Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Just do it. Do it. Do it now. Get to the chopper. Okay, right? Like, 
for real. Just go. Like, why? Why? What's stopping you? Nothing is stopping you. Your own Yetzirah can't even do nothing with you now because it, it made you do what you what you wanted to do. And it's just like accusing you. So it can't stop you from saying, you know what, Hashem, I'm sorry. I confess. Da, 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 I did this and I did that. And I wanted to do it. And I didn't I didn't really want to do it. I know you're the one who I can rely on and trust. And, you know, and it's just like. But I did it. So, Hashem, I'm sorry. Can I make the now? Can I return? I don't like this place. Can I go home? Dad, please pick me up. I made myself dirty. Dad, come get me, Dad. <laughs> you start crying. What parent doesn't pick up their crying baby? I'm just saying. And we're supposed to be like children anyway. So, when I was a child, I cried from scraping my elbow. Seriously. And I was not as big as I am now, obviously, as a child. So Hashem is going to pick us up if we start crying like a little baby in Teshuva. You melt his heart. We melt his heart. And the cool thing about melting the heart of God is, man, boy, mm, Hashem, boy, when he is for you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. I just feel like talking about legends of the Jews now because that's that's how I feel. That's just how I feel. OK, so see if I can find this legends of the Jews. I bookmark a lot of stuff. Um, one of the things I think is really important about is uh, the giving of the Torah. And so when the Torah was given, it was such a just amazing like you don't even know but you about to okay so contest of the mountains so all the mountains were fighting and they're like no the tour is gonna be given on me the tour is gonna be given on me okay okay so mm, let's see here got to find this this was just such an amazing thing Bezrat Hashem, this is it. Okay, this is from the Legends of the Jews. Title is called The Revelation on Mount Sinai. It says, the first day, or from the first day of the third month, the day on which Israel arrived at Mount Sinai, a heavy cloud, heavy cloud rested upon them. A heavy cloud rested upon Israel. Just want to say they've been in clouds of glory, but now this was heavy. From the first day of the third month, so Mount C or the month of Sivan. So Rosh Hashanah Sivan, Bezrat Hashem, we feel the heaviness of the cloud that is upon us. And don't let this heaviness be something that, uh, what is that word, intimidates you or discourages you. It's going to be heavy because it's going to press you into a shem. There is no better place, y'all, than to be pressed into a shem. So take that heaviness and, and come on in. Come on. Just let it go. Just let yourself in there. Okay. It's good. This is good. Okay. Heavy is good. You can do it. You're fine. Okay. If you've seen Captain America uh, Civil War, uh, Spider-Man was thinking he needed to fight Captain America for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, at one point, Captain throws his shield at a um, little terminal where you get on the uh, the airplane 
and Spider-Man's underneath that terminal, little entry point, and Spider-Man's holding up the terminal. And Captain America's having a conversation. He's like, hey, where are you from? And he's like, Queens. He's like, oh, I'm from Brooklyn, okay? And it's just kind of like, okay, so, yeah. So then uh, Spider-Man is now known as Queens by Captain America. So anyway, uh, but anyway, Spider-Man was able to hold up the airport terminal, like the little thing that extends out to the plane. Yeah, he held that up. So that's how heavy the cloud probably is going to feel. So Roshadesh Savan coming at us. Let's get ready. It's, it's good. You're never as strong as when you're obedient to Hashem. I just want to point that out. When you're obedient to Hashem, I mean, good night. I don't even know what kind of strength to call that. That's like Hulk, Vision, uh, I don't know, something, or Ant-Man turning into Giant-Man, some kind of strength. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, let's throw Thor in there, okay? Captain America in there. Throw Iron Man in there. Okay, throw everybody in there. You got the strength of a whole entire army inside of you when you're obedient to Hashem. Oh, <laughs> of course. That's our Aliyah, right? Rabbi just dropped this today. Oh my goodness. How could I how could I forget? Because you know Parshabi Kukotai says, uh, this is from the second Aliyah. You shall give chase to your enemies. They shall fall before you by the sword. You ain't even touching them and they're falling down. Check it out. It says five of you will chase to a hundred and a hundred of you will chase to 10,000. Your enemies shall fall before you. Okay. So like all of that, right? So then keep going. Fourth Aliyah. Uh, then then to okay, yeah, it was the second Aliyah. Sleeka, for some reason, I was thinking it was in there, but yeah, you're gonna give chase to a whole bunch of people, and that's what your obedience is. So, this is why keeping you from being obedient is the goal, keeping you from pressing in and attaching to a shim that's the goal. Because if you can get disconnected, if you can turn your face away from Hashem, then you're dead. And that's awesome. It's not awesome for us, but it's awesome for our opposition. Regardless of what it is, physical, spiritual, our opposition does not want us obedient. Because that's the only way we win. Isn't Hashem so nice? You're just like, here, just follow my tour and everything will be okay. That literally... If you really want to encapsulate Bekuko Tai in a nutshell, that's what it means. Here, here's my Torah. Just follow it and everything will be okay. Parsha Bekuko Tai. The more you know, like, there it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to Legends of the Jews. It says, um, and everyone except Moshe was forbidden to ascend the mountain. How about that? Yay, they Durst not even stay near it, so they shouldn't even go near it, lest God smite those who push forward with hell and fiery arrows. Good night. You're going to have some of the plagues of Egypt coming at you if you try to go forward. And it says, the day of the revelation 
announced itself as an ominous day, even in the morning, which is a cool thing while we stay up all night on Shabbat, by the way. So, yes, get lots of rest on your uh, your Shabbat before Shabbat because you will be up all night and all day. It's going to be a get you some. I mean, some you can sleep if you want to. But I mean, you don't have to just saying. But anyway, you're not weak if you sleep. Don't even read that in what I'm saying. <laughs> I just had to say that for some reason. Somebody's like, man, I just got challenged by Shomer, man. It's like, no, you did not put that down. <laughs> okay, don't touch that. All right. So the day of the revelation announced itself as an ominous day, even in the morning, for diverse rumblings sounded from Mount Sinai. Flashes of lightning accompanied by an ever-swelling peal of horns, moved the people with mighty fear and trembling. God bent the heavens, moved the earth, and shook the bounds of the world so that the depths trembled, the heavens grew frightened. His splendor passed through the four portals of fire, earthquake, storm, and hail. The kings of the earth trembled in their palaces. They all came to the villain Belam and asked him if God intended the same fate for them as the generation of the flood. But Belam said to them, O ye fools, the Holy One, blessed be he, has long since promised Noach never again to punish the world with a flood. Side note, the only way you would know that if you study Torah. So just saying, and the only way you study Torah is if you intend on doing it, because if you study and don't do, then you've just nullified your study and that's not good. But anyway, it says the kings of the heathen, however, were not quieted and furthermore said, God has indeed promised never again to bring a flood upon the world. But perhaps he now means to destroy it by means of fire. Side note. That's kind of known that the next time there's going to be fire to consume the earth. So they kind of already had an awareness of that. But Balaam's like, well, not yet. Okay, but anyway, he says, no. So back to Legends of the Jews. Balaam says, nay, God will not destroy the world either through fire or through water. The commotion throughout nature was caused through this only, that he is not about to that he is now about to bestow the Torah upon his people. The eternal will give strength to his people. Okay. So he's saying the only reason this is happening is because the Shem is about to give the Torah. Says all the kings shouted, well, may the eternal bless his people with Shalom. And each one quieted in his spirit went to his house. Side note, it doesn't ever say any of this stuff stop, but they're just like, okay, well, Brukashim giving other tours happen. Okay, let's go home. All right, Brukashim. Yeah, my table is not okay. My property, not okay. But Hashem is giving the Torah. May he bless his people with Shalom. Okay, Brukashim. Side note, I mean, how crazy is that? Anyway, just as the inhabitants of the earth were alarmed at the revelation and believed the end of all time had arrived. This is pretty intense. So too did the earth. 
She thought the resurrection of the dead was about to take place and she would have to account for the blood of the slain that she absorbed and for the bodies of the murdered whom she covered. The earth was not calmed until she heard the first words of the Decalogue, which is Anoki. The moment she heard Anoki, she was like, all right, it's cool. All right, we're good. This is amazing, in other words. And remember, when Hashem said Anoki, he says, I wrote myself down and gave it to you. He said all 613 commandments in Anoki. He said all, everything he needed to say in the Aleph. So there's that. Continuing, it says, Phenomena were perceptible on Mount Sinai in the morning. Still, God did not reveal himself to the people till noon, which is the apex of the sun in the sky and heading us towards Minka, the time of revelation. This is why third meal is such an amazing meal on Shabbat. I mean, it correlates with this Minka time where it's just kind of like, wow, get you some. So anyway, say, anyway, it says, for owing to the brevity. Oh, Moshe is telling me my power is low. That's my suit. Okay, anyway, we can do it, Moshe. We're going we're gonna to make it. All right, so um, I will wrap it up. Thank you for warning me. Okay, so still God did not reveal himself to the people till noon. For owing to the brevity of the summer nights and the pleasantness of the morning sleep, and summer, the people were still asleep when God had descended on the Mount Sinai. Moshe betook himself to the encampment and awakened them with the words, Arise from your sleep. The bridegroom is at hand and is waiting to lead his bride under the marriage canopy. Moshe at the head of the procession hereupon brought the nation to its bridegroom, God. So this is why Yeshua didn't get married, okay? Because he was already married. He's married to Yisrael, nobody else. So if you're a Christian and you want to be married to your true husband, you should probably become Jewish and become a part of Yisrael. If you're a part of another faith and you want to be married to the one true God, come on over. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Anyway, so the bridegroom is God. Says to Sinai himself going up the mountain. So Moshe, the head of the people, hereupon brought the nation to the bridegroom, which is God. He brought them to Sinai, himself going up the mountain. So he said to God, announce your words. Your children are ready to obey them. These words of Moshe rang out near and far, for on the occasion, his voice when he repeated the words of God to the people, had as much power as the divine voice that he heard. It was not indeed quite of their own free will that Israel declared themselves ready to accept the Torah. For when the whole nation in two divisions, the divisions being men and women, when they approached Sinai, God lifted up this mountain and held it over the heads of the people like a basket. Saying to them, if you accept the Torah, it is well. Otherwise, you will find your grave under this mountain. Side note, this is where you are no longer under the law comes from. You're, you're not threatened to follow Torah. There is no threat. 
You're either going to follow it or you're not, because if you love Mashiach Yeshua, you will keep his commandments. There's no need to put a giant mountain over you until you're going to die. Just, you will not save Anishma if you truly love Hashem. If you truly have this redemption and salvation, if you're truly saved, you don't have to be threatened. You're not under the law. It's okay. So anyway, that's what that means. It says, they all burst into tears and poured out their heart and contrition before Hashem. And they said, all that Adonai has said, we will do and be obedient. Not save Anishma. Hardly had they uttered the words of submission to God when a hundred and twenty myriads of angels descended and provided every Israelite with a crown and girdle of glory, divine gifts, which they did not lose until they worshiped the golden calf. When the angels came and took the gifts away from them. At the same time, with these crowns and girdles of glory, a heavenly radiance was shed over their faces. You know, like the shine Moshe's face had, they told, hey, you need to put a cover on that. Moshe was like, your face used to shine like this. Why I got to cover my face? What happened to your face? It's like, oh, the golden calf. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'll put a cover on. Okay, we aren't going to talk about this. Okay, when Mashiach comes, though, we will talk about this. And you're going to tell me to take this off. And you're also going to have a shiny face again. Okay, but anyway. says, but this also, they later lost through their sins. So their face stopped shining because of sin. Only Moshe retained it, whose face shone so brightly that even if today a crack were made in his tomb, the light emanating from his corpse would be so powerful that it couldn't that it could not but destroy all the world. In other words, if you can find his tomb, and that's a really big if because you can't. But if you just so happen to be able to, then if he even cracked his tomb open, the light emanating from his corpse would destroy the world. Um, man, so much here. There's a part where I talked about like all these different people came forward. There's like people from the lower worlds came up and all this birds in the air stopped flying man where is that hmm see this is something I thought a bookmark but I don't remember where it is Miriam's well, Israel prayers for the revelation, revelation, first commandment, other commandments, unity, Moshe chosen as intermediary, Moshe and angels strive for Torah, Moshe receives Torah, man, okay, but, uh, is this going to be it? Oh, I know what I can do. Okay, stand by. I'm going to try something crazy. There is a group that I'm a part of that's doing Legends of the Jews. Hmm. Divided into 70 languages. Okay, here we go. Cool. This is from Legends of the Jews. 
3.2, section 53. says, These words, as well as others, made known by God on Mount Sinai, were not heard by Israel alone, but by the inhabitants of all the earth. The divine voice divided itself into the 70 languages of men. This is why Acts chapter 2 is what it is with everybody hearing in tongues. The speaking in tongues is speaking in the 70 languages. Okay, so that all might understand. But whereas Israel could listen to the voice without suffering harm, the souls of the heathens almost fled from them when they heard it. When the divine voice sounded, all the dead in Sheol were revived and betook themselves to Sinai. The revelation took place in the presence of the living as well as of the dead. Yes, even the souls of those who were not yet born were present. This is why we can all know we all stood at Mount Sinai. And then it says every prophet, every sage received at Sinai his share of revelation so this is why Yeshayahu could say what he said, Yehazakel, Malachi, Yermiyahu, you know, and even Yochanan, Hatovel, you know, Yochanan the Immerser. We all got these pieces that came much later after the Torah was given. They all came from Mount Sinai. So, yeah, about that, Selah. Okay, so anyway, prophets, every sage... Received at Sinai his share of revelation, which in the course of history was announced by them to mankind. All heard indeed the same words, but the same voice corresponding to the individuality of each was God's way of speaking with them. And as the same voice sounded differently to each one, so did the divine vision appear differently to each. Wherefore, God warned them not to ascribe the various forms to various beings, saying, Do not believe that because you have seen me in various forms, there are various gods. I am the same that appear to you at the Yom Suf as a god of war and, as, and at Sinai as a teacher." Which I would just like to go ahead and drop in what Akav also dropped. Uh, he talked about the body of Torah. Let's see here. This was just kind of one of those like, boy, what is wrong with you? Um... Okay, so here we go. So he's bringing up the fact the soul of the Torah is forever the Jews. This is about the soul of Torah, but I want you to see what this source says right here. Okay, it says it was as if the tablets were a garment to be donned and removed depending on the situation. On this basis, we understand what the Talmud and the Midrash meant. God was involved in carving the tablets even while the Jews sinned with the golden calf because once the Jews received the soul of the Torah, it was theirs no matter what form the body, which is the medium of expression, whatever it took on. Whether spiritual or physical, 
oral or written, the soul of Torah was in the hands of Jews. Even when the tablets were shattered, the spirit remained in the letters. Okay, so his comment, the soul of Torah is forever the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. The Torah can take on different bodies, even human. The Torah became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, so he just did that like that was okay. But this is important for us to note. Man, Mashiach was before creation. So no matter at what point in creation, he's there. He's with us now. He's never leaving us. He says, I'm with you to the end of the age. So Hashem is letting us know the same thing with him. You may have seen me at the Yom Suf. You may have seen me at Har Sinai. But don't get it twisted. I am Echad. May we all see the return of Mashiach Yeshua speedily and soon in our days with the rebuilding of the third temple with the building of the third temple and the gathering in of all of the exiles from the four corners of the earth speedily and soon in our days. Uvizman Kariv Vimru Amen. Baruch Abab Hashem Adonai. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet Vekaye Olam Natabetokheinu Baruch Adonai Noten HaTorah Amen. Amen. Well, Chag Sameach Memba Omer. Please enjoy the 40th day of the Omer. Please look forward to Shavuot. May Hashem bring us into new power from on high. Everyone, eyes up, focus, take no prisoners. Go hard in the paint. Bring it down. Bring kingdom. Light the world up. Be a avenger. Go for it. Live for Hashem. I don't know what else to tell you. Cleave to Hashem. Because you who cleave to Hashem are alive today. I love you very much. This is Shomer Man for the TTB for Parsha Bekukotai, the Torah to Besorah. So many blessings, shalom, and shavuotov.